Making Chicago and the Great Lakes region the hub for the blue economy. I'm Robert Colangelo, and this is Green Sense, where we bring you eco-innovations that are changing your world. My guest this week is Elena Harkness, Executive Director of Current. Launched in 2016 in partnership with the City of Chicago, the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District of Greater Chicago, World Business Chicago, and the region's research universities, its goal is to make the region a hub for water innovation. Elena, welcome back to GreenSense. Thanks so much. It's great to be back. Well, it was so nice to see you at the Big Fish Ball in Chicago several uh, weeks ago. Uh, you know, Chicago has its challenges, uh, but Lake Michigan and the Chicago River are gems that continue to shine. And we were lucky enough to do that river cruise down the Chicago River, which was exceptional. It was a clear night. It was in the 70s, and it was a wonderful way to really see how great the uh, river has uh, been developed into. That river walk with all the restaurants and bars that dot the shore, the art on the mart, for those that don't know, uh, where art is projected on the southern wall, the merchandise mart, and all the boaters enjoying the water. And your organization, Current, has a goal to strengthen the blue economy. Um, explain the blue economy and why it's important. Well, I'd love to just start with the economic picture you just painted of the river alive and thriving with so many different uses and, you know, from recreation to people dining along the river and, you know, Current's vision that we share with many of our partners, like Friends of the Chicago River, who hosted that wonderful event that we were able to attend, um, is to make that river and our lake as well into the kind of assets that everybody across the city can access and enjoy. So as you know, everyone that's experienced the Riverwalk probably uh, knows it's come a long way in the last decade, certainly as uh, with big investments, not only in the sort of adjacent riverfront businesses and everything, but in the water itself, like the big improvements to infrastructure that have seen our water quality improve. But it's not evenly accessible, uh, North Branch to South Branch. We know that, you know, like many other economic assets in our city, um, unevenly distributed, right? So we are really interested in seeing our whole river and lake ecosystem become more accessible sources of, you know, recreation, economic activity um, for all Chicagoans and all people in our region. So that's a great place to start. When we talk about building an inclusive blue economy, we're really thinking about the businesses that are built on creating a solution to some kind of water challenge. We think of them as uh, the supply side of the blue economy. It's, it's water innovation. It's people creating new kinds of businesses that solve problems, everything from improving water quality to managing urban flooding, things that we know a lot about here in our region. Um, it's improving our drinking water quality. Uh, it's thinking about better ways to get lead and emerging contaminants like PFAS out of our water. So everybody coming up with those inventions and innovations, we think of them as the supply side of water, our, our blue, blue economy. On the demand side, our utilities need those water technologies to improve the way they manage our water, our stormwater, our drinking water. Uh, industries, we are blessed to have so many headquarters companies here in Chicago and in Illinois, uh, in the food and beverage sector, in agriculture, in manufacturing. All of these industries use a lot of water in their businesses. And it's a wonderful thing to be located here in the Great Lakes because relative to other parts of the nation and the world, we have a great supply of, of fresh water and that's really important. But we also need to be great stewards of that water. So for current, building a blue economy means 
building up a greater sum of economic activity on both that supply and demand side, making sure that the heavy water users know that there are technologies available to reduce their water use and improve their water quality, and making sure that all those innovators and inventors out there with great ideas, whether they're in the research setting um, or out in the community with a great idea to solve a water problem, that they can get those ideas to market faster and we can help all those people that need to use them climb that innovation curve a little bit faster. That's great. So who's doing this work before Current was started? Uh, so in terms of managing our water, uh, our partners that started Current uh, have, of course, been thinking a lot about water quality and water innovation. Uh, the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District of Greater Chicago and the City of Chicago Department of Water Management, uh, but also the industries that I mentioned before. There were leaders thinking about um, you know, what are the best ways to manage and move water and clean water. So there were certainly uh, a lot of assets and a lot of entities in our region already thinking about this. We have these incredible research universities that have core strengths in every discipline you can think of to support better water. Um, so for everything from civil engineering and environmental engineering to you know molecular engineering, thinking about like, the very basic molecular level, how we can develop better uh, materials to to clean and treat our water. So lots of different building blocks here. Um, you know, nas- two national labs here in the region. Um, lots of entrepreneurs and a growing ecosystem of startups that care about these issues. Um, but there wasn't really prior to current anybody in the state of Illinois that was pulling all of that together so, under one roof. So you became the umbrella organization and the glue that united all these uh, different partners. That's exactly right. Fantastic. Well, COVID took a toll on many organizations, and it was especially hard on some nonprofits. Uh, It impacted staff, funding, and programs. Uh, Did COVID have any impact on your organization, or were you able to continue working smoothly? It definitely did. I mean, one of our core functions is to convene, and uh, we shifted pretty quickly into virtual convening mode, and in some ways... Um, that expanded our reach. We did a lot of convening with national and global partners that we were kind of able to do virtually. So that was terrific. And we leaned heavily into, you know, recording and putting things on our YouTube channel. So there's a great archive of these virtual events. And I think if there's any silver lining, it was, you know, leaning into the kinds of connections you can make when you're not in person. But one of the heavy impacts um, that COVID brought to our organization was delaying our ability to launch H2 Now Chicago, our water quality monitoring project, because for many months there in early 2020, uh, we weren't able to be out in the river doing sampling, you know, just the kind of field work that is critical. Yeah, Yeah, we're going to get into that project in a second. Um, Any creativity that you had to uh, deploy in order to stay uh, operational? Well, I'm so uh, proud to have a team that really pulled together in the virtual setting. Um, You know, I hired three different employees completely virtually and onboarded all of them, and it's been um, terrific. So I think we all just sort of leaned into um, the virtual world. And again, those events that we did... um, both events like the Innovator Showcase series, where we brought technologists together with end users that had a specific problem and tried to solve them, or events like Chicago Water Week, which was completely born out of the COVID moment. And, you know, we had to completely cancel our World Water Day event for March and had to think about what we might do uh, instead in the fall. And so the idea to convene an umbrella week to celebrate and showcase all of the ingenuity in Chicago's water problem solving community was really born out of COVID. So very grateful for that. Um, well, congratulations yeah. for surviving. It was tough times for a lot of people, but as I said, a lot of nonprofits uh, had had unique challenges. 
Yeah. Um, let's take a look out west. Uh, you know, the western states like California, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, they've been in a long-term drought uh, for over uh, 20 years. Yeah. And water scarcity is clearly visible. If you just take a look at Lake Mead, it serves over 20 million people. It's at historic low water levels. I was out there a couple of months ago. I was amazed. It was uh, below the uh, intake valves in many areas. Um, and that water uh, provides potable water for drinking as well as hydroelectric power. And it's very easy to get people to get serious about water conservation and innovative technologies to manage water better when they could see their scarcity. The Midwest is surrounded by the Great Lakes. We've got plentiful supply of fresh water. How do you get the public and businesses concerned about this precious resource and engaged to develop technologies that can serve and manage water when water uh, abounds? Yeah, it's it's a defining challenge for us. Um, we, when I started at Current a couple of years ago, and talked about the Midwest as in, in our water abundance as a location attractor, like part of our attraction strategy. Why we should have companies and residents move to the Midwest. Nobody wanted to talk about it, and that conversation has changed so much in the last two years. I think in part because of the persistent drought in the West. Uh, but also just the conversation around climate impacts has changed so much. I think we're starting to see the reality of climate migration uh, play out in other places. And it's starting to feel a little bit more real, the storyline that the Midwest could be a place where companies and people would want to live in a, in a world where the climate is changing. All of that said, we already have problems here exacerbated by climate change with fluctuating water levels, right? We know that it's affecting the coastline of Lake Michigan. It's affecting people's basement flooding, right? We are getting more intense rainfall in certain areas and we have to adapt to that. So I think, you know, the natural inclination is when we have a problem, we're much more motivated to solve it. I think you've seen a lot of uptake and really interest uh, in things like green infrastructure, you know, figuring out how to help to stabilize and secure our coastlines. Those are some of the things that I think we're seeing a lot of interest in energy and drive for. On the water conservation and reuse side, the market drivers and demand drivers aren't there yet. So it's really our job at Current with our partners is to lead with a vision that let's look 30 and 50 years into the future and imagine a Great Lakes that has a very different you know, number of people, number of businesses relying on it here locally for use. And how do we start to you know, act like Nevada with these really excellent yes. policies and, you know, and, and technologies in place to conserve every drop and make sure every drop is in its highest and best use. And um, that takes vision. Well, that's a laudable goal, but Americans aren't very good at being proactive and looking far out in the future. How do you uh, marshal the troops to get focused on that? Yeah, I think it's by, you know, creating a compelling narrative, which we've been doing with partners that share that uh, that vision with us. We're fortunate to have companies here in the region that have uh, ESG commitments where they're placing water in the forefront. So some of these heavy water user companies I've talked about, they're headquartered here in Chicago, but their production is elsewhere. And maybe they do have water scarcity issues in places where they are, you know, for example, uh, manufacturing and bottling their beer, right? So that it's it's interesting to have companies that are headquartered here with footprint in other places that can talk about the connectivity of these ecosystems and how we need to care. Um, so we're really leaning a lot on our industry partners for that and our utility partners that know, you know, that there are important reasons to care about resource recovery as well as, uh, you know, water reuse and things like that. So um, what? 
Well, one way to get people's uh, attention is to uh, allow them to make money. And uh, one way to do that is uh, to foster incubation around entrepreneurial activities that start new companies. So uh, how, do you, uh, how does your organization assist entrepreneurs to develop innovative water technologies? One of the big challenges we hear from our entrepreneurs is that they need opportunities to pilot, to prove out their innovations at smaller scales before they, you know, deploy them in, in bigger markets. So one of the biggest ways we help entrepreneurs is to try to connect them to pilot opportunities, to test bed sites. So that could be like the technologies we're piloting in the Chicago River. Uh, it could be a technology that meets a particular industry need. So we spend a lot of time trying to understand what water problems are out there and match them to companies that have a solution and then create lower risk opportunities to pilot them at small scale and then help to validate that. So our team does a lot of that matchmaking through the events and connections that we build. We will try to connect companies with board members, with investors. There's a lot of ways that we're helping them to you know, make the kinds of connections that help them grow their businesses and build their customer base. But this piloting function is something that I think is really unique to current and important for water entrepreneurs in particular, where you're dealing with a lot of hard technology, um, as well as software and other things, but there's a lot of actual, you know, hard material tech that's like needs to be tested in a waste stream, in a wastewater stream or out in the real world. Um, and we, we love to help create those pilot opportunities for people to do that real life proving ground. That's fantastic. Uh, and, and a great reason to be here. There's lots of places to pilot test with all the water around. Well, let's get into some of the specific programs you offer. Uh, uh, there are two main parts to consider uh, when you address water, uh, water management. One is availability, the other is quality. And uh, the first project uh, fits on the quality uh, portion. That's H2Now Chicago. Tell us about it. So H2Now Chicago is like a weather report for the Chicago River. So we're putting uh, probes in the river in three different locations. So you can understand what's going on in the North Branch or the South Branch or the main stem, like where we were the other night watching all of the kayakers and art on the mart. So the river's hydrology is really complex and we really need to know, just like a weather report, you know, you might be on the north side of Chicago with some rain and it might be sunny on the south side. So the same thing is true in the river. Uh, you can go to h2nowchicago.org and see all of last year's data and what we did with the, with the probes in the river last year. We are going to be soon launching uh, our first full season this year, uh, probably right around the 4th of July. We'll be out there live with the new real-time water quality data, but it's going to be really exciting to have that sort of weather report on how the water's doing. Um, specifically, what we're tracking is uh, fecal coliform in the river. And so the reason we care about essentially poop tracking is because if fecal coliforms in the river, there's probably other things that are harmful to you that might also be there as well. So it's a good indicator organism, even though by itself, it's not the thing that's likely to make you sick. If there's fecal coliform in the river, other bad stuff's probably there too. So that's what we're tracking for, for the first time that's available in every 15 minute intervals, which is pretty cool. It can tell you if it's a good night to kayak. Well, that is an excellent uh, project because as I mentioned, uh, availability and water quality are the two issues. And, and when we talked to Margaret Frisbee on the show a couple of weeks ago, Friends of the Chicago River, that was a big thing we touched upon. They did a wonderful job at beautifying the river, but we still yeah. have to deal with that water quality issue from those, those legacy years of pollution that were dumped into the river. So, so fantastic. And that's a great description, uh, a, a weather report for the river. 
So let's move on to the next one. It's a map of the economic opportunities in the blue economy in Illinois and Wisconsin. So uh, I didn't quite understand this uh, as a map. So, so embellish upon that and tell us more. It's more like a blueprint, I guess. So we're what we lack here in the state uh, and, and actually in the region is a sense of where all this innovation activity that we've just been talking about could add up to real jobs for people. So we have a couple of really interesting opportunities on the horizon. One, we think about um, what some in the water and wastewater industry call the silver tsunami. There's a wave of retirements coming from people who've been in the industry a really long time, and they are good paying jobs um, in all sorts of classes of you know, labor and engineering you know, in these utilities. And we are really excited about the opportunity that that offers for young people to get trained and be the next generation of utility water workers. So there's a huge opportunity in the blue economy that's just managing, not just, I mean, doing this critical job of managing our water and wastewater, but we're missing the training programs that help build awareness about those jobs, starting with, you know, high school students that are thinking about their, you know, contemplating their career pathways or people who are maybe career switchers who are leaving one job, exiting one career path and looking for something new. We want to make those career pathways totally seamless and visible in the blue economy so that people can understand and get excited about the river, just like you and I did on Friday night and think this might be something I want to do for work cleaning up the river, thinking about how to make it better for all of the folks in our region. So those that blueprint, those pathways, they're not out there yet. We've identified some really exciting opportunities to build them. Um, and we're hopeful that we can attract you know, federal and philanthropic dollars to the region to build those pipelines um, and pathways. That's fantastic. Now, now I understand. Map may have been the wrong word. Blueprint's a, a much better one. Um, I never asked you, where did the name current come from? What's the meaning behind it? You know, I wasn't, I wish I'd been a fly on the wall for those naming conversations. <laughs> uh, current, uh, the name predated my tenure, but, um, you know, I think it conveys forward motion, right? It conveys action and, and the forward movement of water. And I think that's, that's what we exist to do is move the innovation, the water innovation community forward, you know, farther and faster together in collaboration. And um, I think Current conveys that really well. Well, you're smart and you're a ball of energy and it's great to see you in this leadership position. And, uh, you know, water is really, really important that we manage it properly. And, you know, I don't think we've done a very good job as a nation at managing our water. So I'm very glad to see that Chicago is going to be the hub of innovation for that. So it was great to see you last month. I enjoyed our conversation and thanks for being on GreenSense. Thanks for inviting me. I'm always happy to talk about this work. Thanks so much. See you soon. That was Elena Harkness, Executive Director of Current, talking about how they are building the blue economy in the Chicago region. Green Sense is an independent radio show that relies on the generous financial support of patrons like you to produce a high-quality audio broadcast that promotes innovators with sustainable solutions to solve our most pressing environmental challenges. If you're interested in being a patron, visit the GreenSenseFarms.com website to download the patron form. I'm Robert Colangelo. Thank you for listening to GreenSense and catch the GreenSense Minute every Thursday and Saturday on 105.9 WBBM Chicago.